what if I told you that I knew a guy who was so gifted that he knew exactly who you are supposed to be, what you are supposed to do, the decisions that you're supposed to make to have you be successful and be wealthy and achieve all of the goals on your heart. Would you be intrigued? Would you want to know his number? I'm Nat Olson, and this is the Numerology Chick Podcast. Let's use the ancient wisdom of the numbers and our connection to our spiritual life to become guided and resourced professionals. Move into that next level, bring in enchantment, impact, and income into our lives. Hey you, welcome back. So I'm really excited about this month's episode. I'm going to be sharing the top two things that we must stop doing if we really want to have an incredibly successful 2024. In the last episode, we did a preview of 2024. We talked about how it's an eight universal year. And the eight is the number of the master manifester, the CEO, the powerhouse, the magician. This is where we take the deeper things that we've learned about ourselves, the things that we've uncovered in this sort of cave time of the seven of the seeker, and we start to actually integrate them into our everyday lives. We crystallize them into this holodeck of physical reality. So I I thought to myself, what have I learned now that we have two months left of the year, now that we're coming to the end, now we're closing this chapter, what have I learned we must be done with to tap into that power? I'm going to share with you an astounding correlation that I have seen with my clients who move and shake and manifest incredible things. What is the difference between the clients that do that and the clients that have such a hard time doing that? What are the clients that are successful? What are they doing spiritually that enable them to tap into that? When I discovered these two secrets, it astounded me. It blew my mind and I actually had to change my coaching framework because it was so incredibly impactful to see that when somebody doesn't apply this knowledge, they really struggle. So before we dive into all of that juicy goodness, as always, I want to say thank you. Thank you to everybody who donated this past month to support the podcast. Thank you to Animistic Art, to Dawn, to Steve, to Jude, to Mika. I appreciate you guys so much. And if you appreciate this podcast, if you want to support this work, you can do so by sharing it with friends and family by donating. There's always a link in the show notes to do so and by rating it over on your podcast app. That actually helps out a ton. And just a reminder, if you really vibe with the theme of this month and you want more support, you want to do a deeper dive, you can join the seventh floor over on Patreon. On the seventh floor, 
I will upload a bonus audio by the 15th of the month to accompany the theme of what we're talking about. Sometimes it's a prayer, sometimes it's a guided visualization, sometimes it's answering a listener question. If you're interested, there will be a link in the show notes to go over to Patreon to become a member for $5 a month. All right, now let's dive in. All right, guys, so please forgive me. I have a little bit of a cold, so I might sound a little bit off, but let's dive in. Two months left of this powerful year. It is time for us to wrap things up, to close the chapter, to look back over this year, this time of the hermit, this time of the seeker, the mystic, the seven universal year, and to really assess what are the things that we're going to take with us on our journey ahead? And how can we take the things that we may have learned about ourselves, that we've learned about our spirituality, that we've learned about the values behind the scenes of life, how can we take that and integrate that into our life, into our business, into this holodeck of reality? This is the transition from the seven to the eight. What is so funny about the conversation we're going to be having today is I think that humans have been sort of grappling with this for thousands of years. How do I make my spiritual life useful as I go out into my day, into my week, into my life? How do I have it be a boon for my journey? How do I have it actually be something that resources me? And how do I not forget that it's there? Oh, when we move into the eight, we're moving into this whole dynamic of how we can be hypnotized by the physical world and how we can abandon the loyalty that we have to source. We abandon that infinite resource that guides us and supports us and gives us the insights that we need, right? So what we are talking about today are the top two things that we must stop doing so that we can truly integrate spiritual magic into our lives so that we won't forget as we move forward. Do you remember in your life that point where you had a sneaky suspicion that there was this beautiful behind the scenes energy supporting you, loving you and responding to you. So for some clients, it's like, it's when they first watched the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? or watched The Secret, or maybe when they first read that spiritual book or that self-help book, like Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Like it's just this moment where you go, oh, I can feel the truth of this magic that it's there and that there are ways for me to interact with it so that I can make amazing things happen. What we're talking about today are the top things that prevent us from maintaining that feeling that we had when we first awakened to our spiritual life. The top things that kick us out of that slipstream. The top things that that keep us stuck in the muggle world. These things 
that I'm about to share can astoundingly predict whether you are going to move and shake and manifest incredible things or whether you're going to have a really hard time with that. These these things, this, this powerful correlation is so astounding that I've made it a component of my coaching framework. I've seen that clients who stop doing these things achieve incredible results compared to the clients who so struggle with ending these habits. Let's dive in. So what do we need to stop doing spiritually if we want to be resourced in miraculous ways, if we want to have an incredibly successful 2024, if we want to step into the role of being the CEO, the magician, the master manifester of our own life? Before I dive into the first point, I want to do a little experiment. What if I told you that I knew a guy who was so gifted that he knew exactly who you are supposed to be, what you are supposed to do, the decisions that you're supposed to make to have you be successful and be wealthy and achieve all of the goals on your heart. Would you be intrigued? Would you want to know his number? Our answer to that question, our human instinct to lean in and opt in to someone else having the answers is actually the thing that we have to stop doing. (laughs) And I know you might think, if you don't know that, if you don't know my work that well, if maybe you haven't been a private client of mine, you might think, well, isn't that what you do, Nat? No, (laughs) that is not what I do. And that is not what numerology is. Numerology doesn't tell you what to do. It doesn't tell you who to be. It doesn't predict your future. It's a love note from your creator to remind you of your gifts and your calling, but it does not replace or trump the most incredible gift that you were given, the gift of your free will to create whatever it is that's on your heart, to craft a masterpiece of your life that's based on your will and your desire. So the number one thing that we must stop doing if we want to be successful in 2024, if we want to step into the role of being the CEO, the powerhouse, the magician of our own lives is to quit giving our power away spiritually. And it's this idea that someone else has access to that spiritual magic or somebody has access to something that you don't know and that you can't access. It's this idea that we think we need to have an intermediary to get to the insight or the wisdom that we need to move the needle in our lives. I am telling you, this is such a powerful habit. It is so human. It is in all of us that we want someone else to tell us what to do or what to believe or the five-step process or what's in store for us or what's in our future or the right way to success or wealth or happiness, right? It is in every single one of us. Oh, it is so addictive. 
right? Somebody walking up to us and saying, I know who your soulmate is, or I know the unique code to success. Oh, irresistible. But I'm telling you that habit is the thing that holds us back. And I think it's funny because I think a lot of us think that we are immune to this or we think that we're not doing this, you know, because like we read about it in history books, like, like the Catholic Church, when it ran out of money, <laughs> you know, they started to engage in indulgences, this idea that you could pay your priest to absolve you of your sins. You could pay your priest to prevent you from going to hell and to put you in the favor of God. And we, we read about this in history books and we goff at it, right? We think, oh my gosh, what an archaic sort of unevolved thing. I am not prone to that corruption. I am not prone to those practices that sparked the Protestant Reformation, right? Like I'm not prone to that. But man, if I told you that I know a guy that has those answers, isn't there a part of you that wants to opt into that? And there are so many examples, so many examples of how in the spiritual alternative new age movement that this paradigm runs rampant, this idea that somebody else has the answers, right? I see it almost every day. I mean, I even remember seeing somebody saying that they're channeling a being from the Sirius star system and they have like proprietary access to that being, to this being that's delivering knowledge that humanity needs to elevate. Ah, yes, there it is. This idea that someone else has access to spiritual knowledge, to spiritual wisdom, to the answers, and you don't. I have a dear friend of mine who was a part of a cult, but (laughs) listen, you and I wouldn't have thought it was a cult if we weren't yet able to access this principle of don't give your power away spiritually, right? It wouldn't have looked like a cult. It would have looked like a guy who was tapped in and tuned in and was touched by the universe with spiritual knowledge. But my friend was a part of this cult. They made a documentary about it on Netflix. This guy abused his power. This guy abused his people. This guy manipulated them because of this very addictive, irresistible premise. Ah, I have access to this wisdom, to this knowledge. I've been kissed with this and and you haven't. It is everywhere, you guys. It is not just in religious institution. It is embedded in spirituality, this spiritual hierarchy, the concept of that. And the problem with giving away our power spiritually is this. There is no replacement for you in your relationship to your creator, to the zero, to that infinite intelligence behind the scenes. There is nobody that has the unique to you answers for how you are going to get from point A to point B. Only you and your creator are privy to that because you are completely unique, because you are completely one of a kind. 
And so what I've come to see and what I've come to know is that the one intelligence in the universe is the intelligence in you. That if you have a goal, if you have a desire on your heart, and you ask for help and you ask for guidance on how to make that happen, on how to um, bring that to fruition, the answers that you are going to receive in your spiritual life are going to be completely unique and one of a kind. And there is nobody that can replace that. So if you've been following my work for a while, you will have known that my coaching framework doesn't just include numerology. Numerology is a fantastic way to awaken your superpowers, your awareness of your beauty and your gifts. But a component of my coaching framework is tapping your inner wisdom because I have such a deep reverence and respect for the the wisdom that you have, that only you have, that brings you guidance of how you specifically are going to manifest a life, a career, a pocketbook that is aligned to you. So the clients that move and shake, the clients that are making incredible things happen, they've awakened to this. Can they get support? Can they have a person that's a soundboard for accessing their wisdom? Can they, can they have a guide that helps them listen and hear to the whispers on their heart? Absolutely. I mean, that's what I do, right? That's what spiritual coaching is. But they have this deep agency within this deep respect for their own wisdom and for the way that the zero, that the universe speaks to them. And they trust that. They have this rich inner life where they listen and respond to their own unique musings. So, How do we stop giving away our power spiritually? I think the first thing is to just start to have this thought. There's this one infinite intelligence in the universe, and that intelligence is in me. There is no replacement for you for you and your ability to access that inner voice, that inner wisdom, that inner inspiration that's coming in response to your desires. You have access to an immeasurable infinite resource of wisdom and insight and inspiration that is perfect for you, that is your own vernacular of success. And so to just sit in that belief, to just sit in that knowing, to have that be your anchor can be so transformative. But I'm going to tell you that I'm going to tell you an actual homework exercise that I give clients who are awakening to this, who are maybe breaking that habit 
of seeking insight and wisdom and the spiritual answers from someone else. They hate this homework. (laughs) And yet, when they do it, their life changes. So here's the homework. Anytime they have the desire to vox me, to contact me in our coaching program, to get an answer, to solve a problem, I ask them to first pop open a Google Doc and ask the zero, ask God, ask the universe for the answer first and to just see what comes through. Again, this isn't about not seeking support. This isn't about being closed-minded and having this sort of egotistical sense of I'm the one with all of the answers. It's not about that. It's about your anchor is within yourself. Your loyalty is first and foremost to yourself and to your cosmic best friend. And so I ask them to develop that practice and then come to me to develop that practice and then make a decision. And what they discover is incredible. I cannot tell you how many clients who when they first came to me, they felt small, they felt insignificant, they felt like they were just floating around with any guidance, without any direction they start to realize that they are receiving guidance. They start to get incredible insights. They start to feel that they have an invincible, all-knowing, all-powerful, loving friend that is at their disposal no matter where they are. And things start to shift. Things start to align. They start to feel like a spiritual leader in their own life, they start to feel that they are a woman or a man who is now walking with faith. Just from breaking this habit of giving away their power spiritually. Try it. All right. The second thing that we must stop doing if we want to have a successful 2024, if we want to be empowered, Stop thinking that being spiritual has to look a certain way. This point is a lot more simple. (laughs) It's not necessarily easier, but it's a lot more simple. I think so many of us have an image in our mind of what it means to be spiritual. Like of what it's supposed to look like. And so I've had clients, when I've asked them this question, what do you think it's supposed to look like to be spiritual? They've said things to me like white robes and Birkenstocks, chanting, moon rituals, malas and crystals and yoga pants. And it's not that any of these things are wrong. I live in yoga pants. I love crystals. It's not that any of those things are wrong. But the problem is that... When we think that being spiritual looks a certain way, and it maybe, maybe it goes against the grain of who we are and how we do things, we block ourselves, right? Like I'm a great example. 
my spiritual practice is probably very different from what you've read in spiritual books, meditation books, etc. My spiritual practice includes weightlifting and my Pinterest vision board and a Spotify curated playlist of EDM music. Like I've crafted my own spiritual routine that's true to me that awakens my imagination, that opens up that portal to my cosmic best friend. And that might not work for you, right? But this is the point, is that being spiritual doesn't mean that you have to dress a certain way, you have to look a certain way. And I gotta tell you one more thing on this point. Being spiritual does not mean you have to have a particular kind of spiritual practice. Right? So yeah, it doesn't mean you have to dress a certain way. It doesn't mean you have to act a certain way. It doesn't mean you have to float around, never cussing, never getting angry, never getting upset. Like, no, that is not what being spiritual means. But also, it doesn't mean that you have to have a two-hour spiritual practice. It doesn't mean you need to meditate. It doesn't mean that you have to go to workshops and seminars and tell everybody about your deep past. It doesn't have to mean any of those things. In fact, (laughs) very controversial opinion. This is a big generalization, you guys, so it's not true across the board, but the people that I've worked with, the people that I've met who have had the most extravagant spiritual routines have also been the people that I least want to emulate. They've been people who we could metaphorically say are sort of starving in the cave of the seven and they are not going out into the world and integrating their spiritual life in such a way that they are empowered that they're walking with faith they're walking with magic right i'll never forget i worked with a very famous dude we'll just call him a famous dude he came to me because he was having some some struggles um, in his marriage And the problem that he was having was his wife was very upset because they had just had a new baby boy. And he, the husband, was not participating as much as she would like. And his biggest block, he said, was because he has a four-hour spiritual routine. Four hours. And that if he didn't do this spiritual routine, he would not be pure. He would not be aligned. He would not be in a positive vibration. Do you feel me rolling my eyes? (laughs) Listen, sometimes you're not being spiritual, right? Sometimes you're being avoidant of this gift of life. (laughs) So the point being that the most spiritual people that I know they live their lives. They bring the zero. They bring that infinite presence into their everyday life, into their everyday tasks. I think that being spiritual is bringing the magic and the collaboration of that presence into this work of art of your day, not escaping from it, not trying to rise above it, not trying to like 
remove yourself from physical reality. I mean, you know, I'm an eight life path, so you could say that that's also because of this number in my chart, but it's like, again, moving into 2024, what are you going to do with that beautiful spiritual energy? What are you going to do with that relationship? So your spiritual practice, being spiritual, does not mean you have to do something that you have to have two hours in the morning, one hour in the morning, even 30 minutes in the morning. It means that you have a loyalty to an awareness of your spiritual life. So if you want some examples of what a more realistic integrated spiritual practice might look like, let me know. That might be something that I will cover in the Patreon membership over on the seventh floor. But these are the two most important things that we must stop doing. If we want to move and shake, if we want to manifest, if we want to become incredible magicians here in 2024, we must stop giving our way our power spiritually. We must stop believing that someone else has the answers when we literally have the most infinite, loving, genius level support right here next to us, waiting for us to reach out our hand and develop a relationship. And we must stop thinking that being spiritual has to look a certain way that having a spiritual practice has to be a certain way. We can be who we are. We can love what we love. We can tap into the zero and tap into our spiritual life in a way that works for us, in a way that integrates into our lives as as spouses, as partners, as parents, as professionals, that feels doable in integrity and enchanting. I want to hear from you guys. Comment on the blog, comment on Instagram, and tell me what comes up for you when we talk about these two habits. And do you need more help and do you need more support with one or both of these things? If I see a common question or a common issue, that might be something that I cover on the seventh floor this month. And that's bonus episode. We're going to dive deeper. How do we stop and break these habits? And what's then the alternative? I appreciate you guys so much. And just a reminder, there will be a link in the show notes to join the seventh floor on Patreon. And there will be a link to work with me one-on-one. I am currently enrolling in my long-term coaching programs. I've got two spots left. So if you're interested, go ahead and head over to my website and take a look at the packages that I have and send me an email if you have any questions. I'll talk with you guys soon. Big hugs. Bye.